our Father and our God, we just give you thanks and praise. You, you, you instruct us and you uh, encourage us to, to be thankful in all things, Lord. And we're just thankful that, you know, even as you are leading us through uh, times that are unfamiliar to us, Father, we can be confident in, in, in the one that we know. I thank you, Lord, for this these moments that we're just going to share together this morning. I pray, Father, that you know you will visit each and every one of your your children, Lord, that are that are that are part of this uh, community, Father, and part of this gathering. The Lord, you would speak to their hearts. You would minister to their hearts that which you desire for them to hear. We commit everything to you, Lord, the technology to you, the the, the flow and the. The whole experience, which is novel to us, my God, that I declare that it will not be a distraction to us, but that we will plug in and embrace that which you are doing uh, in this in this season. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So, um, before we get into what uh, the Lord has laid on my heart for today, I just um, I was just reflecting as I was preparing uh, for this on on how we have started the year. You know, the Lord gave us um, some words at the at the beginning of, of 2020 or the tail end of 2019 to just guide and direct us for the year. Um, and I'm just going to remind us of them uh, briefly. So he gave us, uh, he told us that this was the year uh, where the army of the Lord would advance through accurate sight. Uh, the emphasis, there was a lot of emphasis on sight. You know, we had Perusia in January, uh, and, and just the Lord, you know, revealing things to us anew and directing us through that which he would reveal was, was very much a focus. He also gave us uh, Isaiah 43, verse 19, and I'm just going to read that uh, now from the, from the Passion Translation. It says, I'm doing something brand new, something unheard of. Even now, it sprouts and grows and matures. Don't you perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and open up flowing streams in the desert. Um, you know, if we if we if we take those two uh, things together, you know, the army advancing through accurate sight, and uh, you know, the Lord telling us uh, that that He's He's doing a brand new thing, something that we we are, you know, it's not a variation on on the theme. It's not uh, something that we may have experienced before, but just adjusted. He says, brand new. Um, those two things really speak of new wineskins um, and and the need for new wineskins and also speak of uh, expanding territory. You know, if an army is advancing, the, 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 the territory and the sphere of its influence uh, is, is growing um, clearly. Uh, so, you know, taking that for, for us as a community that the Lord is saying that he's expanding us, he's expanding our territory, um, but he's also requiring us to to embrace new wineskins, um, you know, in order to in order to be able to sort of embrace that which he's doing. But you know, even though the Lord gave us those words, I'm not sure that any of us would have really thought about um, the first quarter of the year playing out the way that it has. You know, we've had uh, you know uh, uh, many major world events that every every one that happens seems like the only thing that's going on until the next one happens. Um, you know, the, an Iranian uh, commander was general was assassinated, uh, and, and that brought about a lot of tension between the U.S. and Iran. And for a moment, that was all we were talking about. Uh, a passenger plane was shot out of the sky, killing everybody on board uh, in response to that act. Um, uh, the U.S. president's uh, impeachment trial took place. 
we had a, a sporting icon who at the tender age of 41 died suddenly with his daughter. And that seemed to be the only thing that uh, uh, we were focused on for a while. Um, you know, we've had race riots in, in India, um, you know, the largest democracy on the planet, a lot of unrest uh, concerning, you know, some of its uh, uh, asylum and immigration policies. We've had earthquakes, we've had volcano eruptions, we've had Brexit, we've had Megxit, um, and, and it was just rapid fire, all of these things in the first uh, a few months of the year. And all of this taking place against the backdrop of a creeping cloud of coronavirus or COVID-19, which has now sort of formed into uh, quite a downpour uh, across the globe. And I don't think any of us really um, could have you know, imagined that. But, you know, as people of God, we, we can take confidence and take comfort in, in the knowledge that, you know, everything is, is in God and there's nothing that happens on the earth that, that takes him by surprise. And we, his people that are in him, um, are safe and, and, and can be guided uh, uh, by him with, with confidence. And, you know, there is precedent in the word for the Lord uh, bringing about, you know, really quite dramatic changes in operations uh, amongst his people when, when he's about to sort of position them into something new. Um, the Lord brought to my remembrance Joshua chapter 5, chapters 5 and 6 actually. You know, we consider that the, the Israelites had been wandering and going around the wilderness for, for 40 years and it was time for them to enter the land. You know, they had crossed the Jordan and uh, the Lord says to them that they have to circumcise uh, all of the adult males, as we know that uh, because of uh, things that happened at the start of their journey, many of, if at all, aside from Joshua and Caleb, um, that, that left Egypt died in the wilderness. So you had, uh, you know, a, a whole uh, large number of young young men and women uh, that were now about to enter the land, and the men had not been circumcised. Um, you know, I have three three younger brothers, and, and I remember you know, the process of uh, a Jewish rabbi coming to the house, maybe not a rabbi, but an Orthodox Jewish man coming to the house. Um, and, you know, it was a very quick process, a bit of crying, and then, you know, he'd be gone. But they were less than eight days old. I mean, grown men and the whole nation. I mean, that is a significant, significant disruption uh, to, to normal happenings. Um, and, and, you know, of course, the whole nation had to be on pause, had to... to to allow for that whole process to, to work itself through, had to wait for the men to heal. Um, so all of these things are drawing the, the nation into what is on God's mind at this time. They also, during that period, uh, you know, ate from the fruit of the land for the first time. And, and, and manna that had been sustaining them for 40 years stopped. Uh, that's another dramatic change uh, uh, in relation to what they were accustomed to. And then when it was time to enter Jericho, uh, you know, the, the Lord gave Joshua some very specific instructions and he asked him to, uh, you know, assemble the men of war, to, to call the priests, to, to carry the ark, uh, to, to have the ark carried, to, to get the priests to blow ram's horns. And they were to circle the city once a day for six days uh, with the whole nation. Um, and they were to do that in silence. I mean, can you imagine a whole nation several million uh, people uh, walking around a city that actually had been living in dread of uh, the day that Israel would arrive since the Exodus. 
um, and having them circling uh, with their friends, their family, uh, you know, auntie, cousins, grandma, walking around the city, you know, in silence. And then on the final day, doing that seven times um, before, you know, the, the Joshua gives them permission to, to raise a shout and for the horns to be blown and so on. But the point is that um, these are very dramatic uh, events that the Lord uses to, to adjust hearts and minds, to position his people, uh, to, to draw them into his consciousness and, and, and his priorities for the season um, as he prepares to enter, uh, for them to enter into this next and significant you know, phase of their history. So I just want to, to I just wanted to, to share that to encourage us that you know um, there's nothing new under the sun and there's nothing that takes our God by surprise. And I just want us to spend a few minutes, a few moments rather, just just praying into that word and and, and trusting that the Lord will uh, uh, meet and visit each and every one of His people and that our hearts will be open to Him, so that we'll be drawn into um, His sight and and what He is seeing at, at this time, what He is doing at this time. You know, we're not all going to understand the same things. We're not all going to see it the same level, we're at different places, and that's fine. But for us to just understand our place within that which God is doing uh, overall in this season as he as He brings about the, the, the sort of, uh, um, you know, the unfolding of his uh, agenda. Let's just pray briefly. Our Father and our God, we give you thanks and we give you praise. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us your word as a source of uh, comfort to us, as a source, as, as a guide, as, as, as direction, Lord, as, as, as a source of peace, my God. I thank you, Lord, that we can encounter you through your word. And as we as we just reflect on, uh, you know, the magnitude of really what, what you did um, uh, for Israel uh, at that time, my God, in bringing them out and, and keeping them and bringing them in, and giving them specific directions and, 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 and shepherding them through that process, Father. We, we, we realize that um, we, are, we are indeed safe with you. And we thank you, Lord. And, and that which you want us to focus on at this time, that which you want us to see, that which you want us to understand, that which you want us to shed and to let go of, that which you want us to embrace. Father, make it clear to each and every one of us uh, in this season so that when we move into the next phase of what you are doing, my God, we may do so in formation, we may do so uh, with the right heart and, and, and in, in the right position uh, to, to fulfill your purposes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so um, in terms of what I, I feel that uh, the Lord has just laid on uh, my heart to share with you this, this morning um, in this slightly unorthodox uh, manner, at least for us, um, is really... Uh, I guess in part informed by the by the season that we find ourselves in. You know, it seems that suddenly, um, it seems like suddenly, you know, church has changed, everything has changed. You know, in, in the blink of an eye, pronouncements were made and life as we know it um, has had to shift. You know, in, in some regards, there's been like a, a wave of, of fear that we can see clearly has gripped the globe, you know, fed by the relentless news flow um, that talks about sickness and death and, and you know, who's next and, 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 and numbers. Um, and, and it's all uh, can be quite overwhelming. You know, even for those of us that are in him, you know, we have been confronted with the fact that um, 
you know, there's some cracks in the foundation. We actually found ourselves responding with a level of anxiety and fear that we perhaps may not have um, expected to, uh, to, to happen uh, to us under the circumstances. Um, but, you know, the question is really, was it really a sudden change? Um, you know, I believe that uh, the Lord has certainly spoken through his prophets um, in the build-up to this very season, uh, letting us know that the, um, the times uh, will be changing. You know, the church will come to a, a, a time where it's not uh, contained in buildings, uh, where, where the expression of church you know, will change. And, you know, as I was reflecting on that, you know, the Lord brought to my heart the, the imagery of uh, an eagle and an eaglet. Um, you know, the, clearly when an eagle is born, it, you know, it's, it's sort of looked after in the nest and, and, you know, food is brought to it and so on. But when it gets to a point where um, its mother believes that it's time for it to fly, it gets thrown out of the nest. And I, I suppose for the eaglet, it can seem, you know, quite uh, abrupt. Uh, but, you know, I guess the mum knows when it's ready and the eagle certainly learns to fly. And yes, you know, it's not that the eagle will never return to a nest or that nest again, but its relationship with the nest um, is changed forever once, you know, it's taken its first flight. So um, I, I, I just believe that the Lord would, would have us know that just like, you know, a bird knows when its eaglet is ready to take flight. He knows uh, what has been sown into us as a, as a body. He knows where we are. Um, and if he is throwing us out of the nest at this time and, and taking us out of uh, what is our comfort zone and what is our expression that we have known, um, it's because it's time for us to fly and he knows we have what is in us um, to be able to, to do that. So even if we find ourselves meeting back in a building, um, it will not be in the same way that we did before we were confronted with not being in the nest, so to speak. Um, so, so if church has left the building, as I, I believe I heard, uh, I read one, one prophet putting it, um, and it's not about the gathering in the buildings in the way that we have, then, you know, what is it about? Um, it's, it's a fair question. You know, we can have many different thoughts about this based on, you know, what uh, we've experienced of church and what we have uh, not experienced of church. Um, but if we just dial it back to, to the beginning, uh, and we know that, um, you know, when the Lord, you know, created man, when he created us, you know, he, God of the universe, you know, more vast than we can imagine. Um, there, there are things about him that we do not know when we will be discovering for eons to come. But that same vast, unfathomable God um, created a, a, a physical uh, earth and, and, and created um, offspring. You know, you and I created uh, one after his own image and likeness. You know, we, we know the scripture as well in, in Genesis 1, uh, 26, uh, you know, around there. Um, and he, 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 he has the intention that we 
um, like him. We live in two realms. We're connected to him spiritually. We have uh, a presence uh, on the earth physically. And we express the, the wonder uh, and the splendor of the unseen kingdom that he is in, uh, in, in the physical. In some ways, it's like a big, you know, uh, it's an adventure. I mean, if you can imagine, even on a small scale, uh, you know, a, a, a company entering a new country um, and wanting to create and to, 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 to form its vision um, for whatever its product or service is in the context of uh, an environment that actually hitherto had been alien to it. You know, of course, it would hire um, personnel from the host country and it would, uh, you know, create a, an operating system that would be able to work both in the country that it's it's going into and, uh, of course, that would adhere to its own values, you know, at the head office. So it, it, it was kind of like, okay, it was like... A, a, you know, God outworking uh, some of the things that were on the inside of him, uh, you know, in us. Um, verse 28 says, And God blessed them, granting them certain authority, and said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth, and subjugate it, putting it under your power, and rule over and dominate the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and every living thing that moves upon the earth, which, you know, I know is not a, a, an unfamiliar phrase, uh, scripture to us. You know, so God's original plan was fellowship with, with, with man, uh, you know, this being that he had created that was uh, like him, uh, and, and also government, that it would, that, that, that this created being would, uh, in fellowship with him, express his government uh, in, in increasing measure over this terrain that he had, uh, that he had, uh, you know, placed him in. You know, it's, it, I, I always, whenever I read Psalm, Psalm 8, uh, portions of Psalm 8, I, I, it, it always makes me rally because I think, gosh, you know, this is, you know, who the Lord made me to be. He really didn't have to, but he chose to. And um, if we read from, uh, verse 3 um, in the Amplified I'm reading it says but when I look up and see such wonder and workmanship above I have to ask you this question compared to all this cosmic glory why would you bother with puny mortal man or be infatuated with Adam's sons yet what honour you have given to men created only a little lower than the Godhead crowned like kings and queens with glory and magnificence you have delegated to them mastery over all you have made making everything subservient to their authority placing earth itself under the feet of your image bearers all the created order and every living thing of the earth sky and sea the wildest beasts and all the sea creatures everything is in submission to adam's sons so you know the lord really gave us um you know, he gave us a really great gig, you know, he, he made us like himself, um, he placed us in this uh, place of authority, um, we had no, no, no barriers between uh, him and us, uh, there was fellowship, there was creativity, there was just limitless expression, um, and, you know, sadly, we managed to mess it up, and we ended up 
in great bondage. Um, the mission, God's mission of extending his culture and his government on the earth was officially on pause. Uh, his ambassadors that he had placed in that job were carted off uh, into captivity, essentially. Um, but, you know, because of God's love, his unparalleled love, um, and the infallibility of his word, I mean, he had made this declaration about the earth that he created and the intention he had for it. Uh, and he loved, um, you know, the sons of Adam that he had created and didn't want to leave us to that which he had really warned us would be our fate if we didn't um, maintain the, the connection and the fellowship that we have. So, of course, we know, you know, roll forward several generations. Um, and, you know, the Lord has a plan to legally enter the earth and legally take back that which um, had been, uh, you know, usurped from, from man. Um, Luke 19 verse 10 tells us that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Uh, John 10, 10 tells us that um, he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. You know, he came to seek and to save that which was lost, which was you know, the souls of men and, and their mandate. And, and he came that we would have you know, life and be restored to full union um, you know, with him. So, you know, Jesus comes and he's, he's, uh, you know, he's been uh, growing up in, in in, in the neighborhood until it's time for him to uh, to go and be baptized by by John. Um, and you know, as we know, he's he's baptized and he goes into the wilderness and he fasts and he comes back um, and he goes to the synagogue uh, on the Sabbath as was his practice. And they give him the scroll and he reads Isaiah sixty one verse one, uh, which in the Amplified reads as follows. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed and commissioned me to bring good news to the humble and afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted, to proclaim the release from confinement and condemnation to the physical and spiritual captives and freedom to the prisoners. Um, and, you know, we're, we're, we're all, uh, I'm sure, familiar with, with you know, that's, that's seen when, when Jesus reads his mission statement. Um, and, you know, th those verses are taken from the book of Isaiah, where, you know, Israel is in captivity. Uh, they're in Babylon. Um, and the Lord is actually, you know, encouraging them. He's, he's, he's telling them that, uh, you know, that there is a time after the captivity. Uh, and, he, and he's narrating to them the things that he's going to to do in them, that they may then go on and, and, and have a different expression of life to the one that they are having um, uh, in captivity. But of course, we know that those, those words also relate to us, which is why you know, the savior of the, the, the redeemer of the, the whole world comes and he re references you know, those verses. You know, they're not just referring to uh, you know, the Babylonian um, captivity of, of, of Israel. And, you know, just think, let us just think for a moment that for, for generations upon generation, man has been in captivity. 
you know, the Israel's captivity at that time was 70 years, but this is like generations and generations of captivity by the time, you know, Jesus shows up on the scene. And that uh, culture of bondage, you know, we think about the Israelites, we think, gosh, you know, they were in Egypt for 400 plus years. Um, but this is much longer than that, much, much longer, you know, and he, and he's coming to, to, to redeem us as the father um, had planned. Uh, you know, and, and save for, you know, that sort of glimmer in the souls of men that, that serves as a homing device of sorts that tells us that there's just something more out there that we're kind of always struggling to reach for, but we don't know how to access. Um, you know, captivity is really fully baked into our, you know, to our thinking. And, you know, during that time where, you know, we were in this bondage, we... Of course, because of that homing device and that signal on the inside of us that still said there is something, there's something more. You know, we tried to sort of figure it out on our own. We tried to get there um, and, and make the connection, um, you know, by, our, by virtue of our own efforts. Um, you know, there are many, many expressions of, of, of religion you know, in the world. And, and for the most part, <clears throat> We, we kind of like try to sort of have a menu of, um, of spirituality where we decide the things that we want to have and we, um, we kind of leave the things that maybe we don't quite fancy. Um, and we just want to customize, you know, and determine the, the terms on which we, um, we, are, we are responding to that homing device that is, that is telling us that there's, <coughs> excuse me, telling us that there's a higher, um, there's a higher life that we really ought to be, um, you know, looking into. So, of course, the fruit of all of these efforts um, over the generations for man is rather sour, um, as we all know. I mean, the world that we live in and the, 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 the setup that we've created, it's very clear that, you know, this is, cannot be, you know, what was optimal or what, what the Lord really had in mind. So in that context, Jesus comes and, you know, he, he, he reads uh, from the scroll. You know, they don't quite receive it in a way that uh, he would have hoped. Um, but, but after that, he begins to, to preach. And he says, repent. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Um, Matthew 4, 17 in the Amplifier says, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent. Change your inner self, your old way of thinking. Regret past sins. Live your life in a way that proves repentance. Seek God's purpose for your life because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So the kingdom of heaven is offering us inner restoration to a relationship with our creator. Um, offering us uh, rest restoration to a place of, of, of dominion citizenship status, you know, restored. I mean, the kingdom of heaven has been presented to us because um, we have uh, the opportunity to access it. Uh, you know, despite our, our, our generations of living the way that we've been living, I mean, the spirit of life wants to set us free from the law of sin and death. You know, our hearts can be full to overflowing with the life of God and God himself wants to come and live in us. Um, we can enter into this new life and, and, and bring this new life 
to, to bear as our hearts are overflowing uh, into the environment in which we live. You know, uh, Isaiah 61, um, verse chapter 1, 2 to 4 says, um, to, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, continuation of, of Jesus' mission statement, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance and retribution of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion the following, to give them a turban instead of dust on their heads, which is a sign of mourning, to give the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a disheartened spirit. So they will be called the trees of righteousness, strong and magnificent, distinguished for integrity, justice, and right standing with God, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. Um, and verse four says, then, then they will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will raise up and restore the former desolations and they will renew the ruined cities the desolations, deserted settlements of many generations. Now, remember that, you know, of course, this work was first uttered in the context of Israel's captivity. And of course, they'd been carted into Babylon. So they had left, you know, their homeland. Uh, and for 70 years, of course, it was neglected and had fallen into ruin. So that was almost like the, the, um, the round one interpretation or application of this scripture. But of course, Jesus referring to it, um, uh, you know, in the context of him coming to to, uh, to starting his ministry and, and preaching and, and, and telling man the good news, um, you know, this also applies. So actually the ruin has been going on for much, 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 much longer than 70 years. You know, there's been a very long-standing decay that, that is going on, that has gone on. Um, but Jesus basically says, you know, I will do all of these things for you. Um, and, and you will be called trees of righteousness, and we will be the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Uh, then uh, those trees, those, those uh, men that are referred to as trees of righteousness will rebuild the ancient ruins and raise up and restore the former desolations, and they will renew the ruined cities uh, and the desolations of many generations. So, you know, Jesus then uh, goes to uh, preaching the Sermon on the Mount, um, which elaborates on, on his mission statement, I, I, I guess. And he starts to talk to uh, the house of Israel about their inner state. And there are many things that, you know, he says. And he walks them through the shift uh, away from their outward rituals into a focus on their inner state. And he goes through many different scenarios. You know, you've heard it said this, but actually now it's that. You know, if you if you um, are praying and you have a gift uh, that you want to give, but you remember that you you have uh, offence with your brother, um, go and resolve it. You know, if you you've heard it said, do not commit adultery, but if you look at a woman lustfully, then you've already sinned in your heart. Um, you know, he he talks about who we're to be in the beatitudes. He talks about um, you know the the, the inner state and what, what it produces um, when it is, uh, you know, as it should be. So, you know, after this extensive sermon, which, you know, I imagine is not at all like the kind of sermons that they used to hear in the synagogue, um, the battle lines are really drawn. There's the new order and the old order. There's repentance and there's religion. 
One leads to access to the kingdom of God and one does not. What Jesus brought and only what Jesus brought will produce this access to the kingdom. He says, repent, because the kingdom of God is at hand. I think that the, the, it's a passion translation that says the kingdom of heaven is now accessible um, to you. But it's clear that he is asking people to, to move from previous positions, whether it be um, sin, i.e., you know, you're just, you know, uh, I mean, I suppose he's addressing the house of Israel at this point. So they they all had a God consciousness or were supposed to have. Um, if we think about, you know, wider application to, to Gentiles eventually, um, you know, he was asking us to surrender something different, seemingly. Um, but the bottom line is you can repent from your sin. Uh, you can repent from the old order uh, and enter into the new so that you may have access to the kingdom of heaven. So, I mean, you know, based on, you know, what Jesus is really offering, I mean, it does beg the question, like, what is the problem? You know, why, 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 um, why, why the struggle to abandon um, something that really had not delivered for, for, the, for the religious order? And indeed, you know, looking at us, uh, you know, when, when Jesus asks us to abandon certain positions, we are, the record shows that these things are not produced in our lives, but still there's a tension. Um, we still struggle. But if we, if we cast our minds back to when we fell, you know, man was deceived into believing that he was obtaining control of his life. You know, uh, Satan said to, to Eve that, you know, God knows that you will be like him, discerning good and evil if you eat from this fruit, i.e. you'll be more than you currently are. You'll have more uh, scope and strength and, 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 and capability if you eat uh, of, this, of this fruit. Um, and that was what was appealing to her. And then, of course, um, you know, what actually had happened is we signed up for a life of you know, servitude. The homing device is still in us. We're still searching for God, but we've constructed uh, uh, an alternative method of, of getting there. You know, the Tower of Babel is an illustration. You know, we've been quite quote unquote, as we would say, on this matter for a while. You know, trying to get back to God. You know, on our own terms. Um, uh, you know, Adam and Eve have entered servitude. They have lost their estate. Uh, they are in bondage. Um, but, but, but they entered into it on the understanding, albeit a, a, a misguided one, that they were going to have more control and have more power. Um, and, you know, the spirits of pride and, and self-righteousness that are attendant to that position, um, they kind of make this elaborate, complex system of, of religion, you know, they have their appeal. You know, if you can... Um, seem to subdue your flesh for extended periods and, 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 you know, do things that maybe others are struggling to do. There's a, you know, there's a, there's a pecking order and a hierarchy in that that appeals to uh, the, the pride and the self-righteousness of, of the fallen man. So imagine that baked in over 4,000 years. Um, you know, we've set up 
it's almost like the thing has entered our, our bloodstream. It's in the breast milk. This this posture that we've adopted before God, this this um, protocol that we have designed um, or come to embrace. Uh, you know, because of course, for Israel during during the unfolding of their history, God was always taking issue with them because he would give them instructions, he would tell them to do certain things, but they would kind of miss the point and end up where they shouldn't be. So that issue of heart, of course, was never going to be addressed until the rebirth in, in, in the general sense. But, you know, it was a constant uh, a battle. So, you know, these systems that keep us very busy uh, and yet don't enable us to find God, you know, it's Miles Monroe that, that describes religion as, as hard work and its work is its reward. So not the life of God, but the affirmation of men. But there is a reward to it. And it can be, um, it, it's, such a, it's, it's such an embedded habit. So, I mean, all of this pious activity that doesn't bear the fruit that we, that we, that we kind of say we want, but yet we struggle to abandon it. In this day, I mean, how do we make an honest assessment of ourselves and ask ourselves, you know, where are we? You know, which one are we in? Are we doing repentance or are we doing religion? Well, Jesus is our example. And we, we know this in our heads, but I mean, let's just, you know, examine that for a bit. I mean, Jesus came, I mean, you know, God himself came to earth through the birth canal of a woman and he was born in a manger, not in the equivalent of the Ritz at the time, not with fanfare, uh, in a very lowly way. Um, but, you know, Jesus, as he, he matures, uh, and grows up and then he, he begins his ministry. Um, you know, he goes to be baptized, the spirit of the Lord comes upon him. And, um, you know, from that moment on, you, there's, no, there's no dismissing him. It doesn't matter what, uh, you know, what his context is, um, but he, he, he has that impact. There's a reaction that he, he gets, good or bad, wherever he goes. There's something that he's carrying that nobody can, um, can ignore. I know he came to earth to demonstrate to us, you know, the son of God becomes the son of man, to, to demonstrate to us who at that time had been rolling around in captivity uh, and, and sin and religion for 4,000, now 6,000 plus years. Um, to show us this is actually what sonship looks like. This is what true sonship looks like. And the reality is that, you know, we have to ask ourselves these questions in an unfiltered way. You know, Jesus would go into an environment and even without speaking, there will be a sense of adjustment to the presence that he carries, the consciousness of the kingdom from which he comes um, and, and, and where he lives uh, he carries it and he exudes it. Um, and yet he's our model of son, sonship. So we must ask ourselves, okay, you know, am I, am I actually supposed to exhibit this or is it just for my, for my religious amusement? Because you see, we can read about uh, the example that Jesus is um, 
and then park it and then benchmark ourselves against uh, those that are coming from our natural heritage and take comfort in, in, in the gap or the difference between uh, what Jesus' life is producing and what, you know, what ours is producing. But the reality is that God has no other plan for us than to be sons. Um, you know, if we think about uh, Luke chapter 15 and, and, and the prodigal son, the two sons, you know, the prodigal, we know he asks for his inheritance, he squanders it, he ends up destitute. Um, and when he decides to return home, he's persuaded that what is reasonable and just is that he should just be a servant and it's fine. He'll just join the servants. Uh, he'll be better off than he is now. And, you know, the, the father, like he has servants. He doesn't need, he's not looking for more servants. He can get more servants. But actually what he had lost was his son and what would be restored to him for it to have meaning to him was his son. So, you know, um, he makes haste to restore him to his position. His delight is that his son has come to himself, come to a realization of who he is and come back home. His homing device has led him back home. And that is the, the, the focus of the father, you know, but yet for us, whether it be when, we're, when, we're, when we don't know Christ at all, or whether, you know, when we know him and we maybe we, 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 we take decisions that we feel alienate ourselves from him. Um, we embrace that posture of servanthood um, or, or, you know, we, we separate ourselves on account of guilt and shame. Um, but actually he produced a son and he doesn't have, you know, a, a, uh, uh, other than the place of sonship that we have sought to abandon. The... The, the son that was at home felt that his um, position was on account of his diligence and his faithful service. And he resented the fact that the son who had returned home um, was being restored to the same place as he who had never left home and never rebelled. But the reality is that if you're a son, you're a son. And it's about actually, you know, uh, coming to an awareness of who you are uh, in him, regardless of, uh, you know, the route that you take, you know, to get there. You know, that, that spirit of, um, you know, that spirit of, of, of despising, um, you know, those who we feel are not entitled to have the privilege of sonship, um, as demonstrated in that in that parable, you know, runs through the religious order and, and our religious posture, because we're so busy um, designing and constructing and earning, you know, our relationship and our access to God. Anybody that does, does not pay the price that we are paying, um, you know, we resent it. Meanwhile, we're not enjoying the privileges of sonship. It would even be one thing if we were working hard and we we're enjoying the Father. But that spirit does not enable us because it's designed by us. It's not what the Father has required of us. Um, it is designed by us to, 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 to gain favor and to gain access, you know, with him. You know, another example of, 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 of that is, you know, Saul despising Stephen uh, and, 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 the, and the, you know, the, 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 the church. I mean, like, who are all these people? You know, he was like a, a learned scholar. 
And these fishermen were going around claiming that they knew. You know, I've designed the way that uh, you know we have decided what qualifies you to have access to God. Um, and anything less than that, we will uh, attack it with a vengeance because, of course, it it it, it uh, makes a mockery of our of our own positions. But you know, Jesus came and he asked. He was calling for repentance, abandon your previous positions, change your heart and your mind because access to the kingdom is now available. So if it's not about the, the rituals and it's not about the performance and it's not about the ceremony, um, what is it? You know, Luke 17, 20 to 21, um, I'll just read. Jesus once was once asked by the Jewish religious leaders, when will God's kingdom realm come? Jesus responded, God's kingdom realm does not come simply by obeying principles or by waiting for signs. Excuse me. The kingdom is not discovered in one place or another, but God's kingdom realm is already expanding within some of you. Translated from the, um, oh, sorry, already expanding within some of you. You know, the implication of this is that God's kingdom realm is a person, Jesus Christ. And the reality of, of, of God's kingdom appears when Jesus lives in us, you know, by faith. So the kingdom actually must first birth itself in our hearts. That is the place of its abode, first and foremost. And in order for this to happen, we must live a life of repentance. We must live a life of continually, as, as light and revelation comes, unplugging ourselves from the, the, the natural heritage of 6,000 years of, of captivity uh, and bondage and being under the, 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 the sort of mental processes uh, and, and responses and, and, and triggers you know, of, of, of the devil. Uh, we must continually, actively, proactively pursue a life of repentance in order that we may access the kingdom, in order that the kingdom may, may, may be birthed in our hearts and, and birth as in as a ship birth, let it be able to rest in our hearts and grow and, 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 and overflow uh, from the place of our hearts. You know, repentance is a life that we're called to live as, as believers. Yes, there's, a, there's an initial repentance that occurs when we realize through confrontation, through, through an encounter with the spirit that we are, um, that we're sinners, we're in sin. And then there's a re an acknowledgement of that and an adjustment and a repentance that takes place. But beyond that, um, there is now a rebuilding of our inner man uh, and a conforming um, of, of, our, of our sense of identity and sense of who we are uh, to Christ. John 16, 13 says, but when he, because we can't do this by ourselves, um, we can't do this just sort of, you know, in the midst of our own contemplation. The Lord sends us the indwelling spirit to be our helper and our teacher. And he says, 
in John 16:3, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, full and complete truth. This is the Amplified version. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but he will speak whatever he hears from the Father, the message regarding the Son, and he will disclose to you what is to come in the future. So why don't we choose? I mean, the, the, the place of you know, being restored to fellowship with the Father, being restored to a place of dominion, being uh, uh, able to express that dominion in ever greater measure, you know, just like Christ is in an environment and no environmental situation gets the better of him because he's always connected to heaven and he knows, you know, what needs to be done. You know, the father will reveal to him what needs to be done and he will do it and he will be victorious or the, or the, or the, the will of the father will be made manifest or established, um, you know, in that situation. I mean, it's much more appealing than what many of us are experiencing. So, so why is it? That repentance is seemingly something that is so difficult for us to do. Why do we resist it in the way that we do? Well, it's because it's hard. <laughs> really. It's hard to take a mind and a heart that is programmed in a certain way, a religious way, that is blinded by pride and self-righteousness and lead it down a path of repentance. It's hard. You know, it's like the, the, the road of repentance, if we, if we think a bit about it as a lifetime journey, it's like our Via Dolorosa. You know, it's the, it's, the, it's the way of death. That, of course, you know, Jesus went down that path because, um, because of the joy that was set before him because he knew that he was going to redeem all of us. He knew that he was going to create uh, the way to restore the family of God. And that was a joy that was set before him and it was enough for him to endure the pain and the suffering of the cross. So why is it that we don't, you know, what is the joy that is set before us? What is the joy that is set before us that makes us choose our own Via Dolorosa, our own lifelong walk of repentance that causes us to access the kingdom in greater and greater and greater measure? Well, you know, the devil's first intervention um, was executed by shifting Eve's gaze, by distorting it, by making her think of God uh, differently to how he was and how he is um, and polluting that picture of God in her heart. So she carried it in her heart for long enough to make a decision that would ensnare her and ensnare Adam and hand the enemy the win. And he continues to employ those methods of distraction and diversion such that too few of us ever seem to stay still long enough to gaze uh, at him long enough to see what it is that he came to restore us to. And so there's like this disconnect. You know, we had this repentance when we met him and we became saved. And then, you know, there are things along the way that we, that we drop off. But by and large, that revelation of him that is powerful enough uh, and, and, and compelling enough and appealing enough to us 
to be that joy that's set before us, that takes us down that road of continually dying to the things that are old. Um, it's the same old trick. Don't let them see it. Because if they see it, I mean, you know, we read Hebrews 11 and we, read, we look at the lives of the apostles and the things that they went through. They had seen something. And if we see it, if we see that joy that is set before us, then, then repentance is not as hard an ask as, as it has traditionally been for us. You know, 2 Corinthians 3, 16 to 18 says, but whenever a person turns in repentance and faith to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, emancipation from bondage, true freedom. And we all with unveiled face, continually seeing as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are progressively being transformed into his image from one degree of glory to even more glory, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. There is no problem that we have that a clearer, brighter revelation of Jesus doesn't solve. He's everything and more. Everything and more because everything that is everything to us, he's more than that. You know, we can't organize him into a religion and obtain the same result. It is that daily vulnerability of gazing at him and allowing the spirit of holiness to lead us into full and complete truth. And we do this by faith and not by formula. The feeling of uncertainty and the bait of religion and the cares of this world can deceive us into feeling that there is an alternative, but there isn't. He is the way, you know, the truth and the life. And we need to look at him for long enough to actually see him and let that cause a joy to well up on the inside of us and, and let it quicken our mortal bodies um, and, and, and hasten us down the road of repentance that he's calling us to because access to the kingdom is now here, it's at hand. So the music has stopped for us a bit, people. We're in lockdown. We don't know how long for, but I mean, it's unprecedented. Who would have thought that there's a time where literally the world would just press pause and we just get to stop for a bit. Yes, you know, some of us are working from home, but just, I mean, for those of us that live in Lagos, the fact that you're not even doing the Lagos traffic every day, even if you just do your work from home, there's a, there's a stillness and a peace of mind that you can still maintain. You know, he has dialed down the distractions. You know, remember the relentless distractions, the ever-increasing distractions you know, the, the obligations of our lives and then the things that we indulge in, like social media, the noise is constant. You know, when I was living in London, I, I just couldn't believe the constant invasions. You know, we used to have small billboards on the underground as you were going up the escalators and then they became animated. So instead of seeing one advert, you could see like three or four and then there was free newspaper on the tube and there was constant bombardment. Anything to keep us from gazing at him long enough to see the joy that is set before us, to lead us, to compel us down that road of repentance that we may access the kingdom. So God is, I, I believe God is helping us now. He's helping us. He's given us a window. It's almost like 
Um, it's like an opportunity for a reboot. I mean, in Wuhan, they were in lockdown for two months. In London, I don't know how long it's going to be for. In Italy, they've done a month. But just imagine the, the body of Christ in all of those places entering into the secret place with him, waiting on him and waiting with him for long enough for there to be a, a, a fresh revelation, a potent revelation of who he is and therefore who we are. Because, you know, the scripture tells us that when we see him, it'll be as a mirror. We'll realize who we are. And then the price that we need to pay to lay a hold of it will not seem uh, as hard as religion makes it seem. You know, if the kingdom of God dwells within us, then we live from that place within. And, and you know, if we ask ourselves, okay, that river, the rivers of living water that he says flow from our bellies. In fact, is there a river? Is it flowing? Is it alive? we can ask ourselves those questions. And sometimes when we go into like some self-evaluation, we always we have a tendency to be a bit down on ourselves. We feel a little bit um, disappointed with ourselves. But, you know, the Lord always reveals to redeem. You know, him bringing things to our attention is because he wants to bring us through to a higher place, a better place. God is first. And God is always good. So despite our weaknesses and our many false starts, we do have the assurance that his word cannot return to him void. You know, he is loving and patient and rich in mercy. And he sent Jesus to, to, to die for us um, while we were yet sinners. And he has spoken many blessings over us. And we have the assurance of Isaiah 55, verse 9 to 11. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. For the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth, making it bare and sprout, and providing seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So will my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me void, useless and without result, without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. There are things that the Lord has spoken over you and I, spoken over his body, that he is watching over his word to perform it. So on the other side of this lockdown, there should be an army advancing through accurate sight. What the devil intended for evil, like many of his supposed big moves, the Lord will turn it around for good. This is an unprecedented opportunity for the army of God in modern, thoroughly distracted times. And we should not squander it. We will not squander it. Why does it matter so much now? Why is it so important that we retune ourselves and, and, and lock into that which the Lord is saying to us at this time? Well, because, you know, the, 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 the prophetic agenda of the Lord is unfolding. Times are moving. We keep hearing about uh, you know, his harvest and the, the billion soul harvest and the fact that, um, you know, there's an acceleration as we move uh, towards the end of the age. So more than ever, the army of God must advance. You know, remember I started by saying that the Lord gave us that word, that this is the year of advancement through accurate sight. This is the year of the army taking control or take, uh, moving over 
greater and greater territory, impacting that territory, influencing that territory. You know, if we could save a billion souls by handing out tracts in people's language, then, hey, we'd be done by now. But there's something more that the Lord is, is, is rallying us to in order for his purposes to be achieved in this season. And it calls for actually entering into the kingdom, actually laying hold of the kingdom, actually having rivers of living water flowing through us, actually, um, you know, clearly going down our own road of repentance, uh, seeing Christ ever more clearly, being conformed to his image so that um, the kingdom is being expressed in and through our lives in ever increasing measure. Now more than ever, the army must advance. Reading Isaiah 61, one to four again. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed and commissioned me to bring good news to the humble and afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted, to proclaim release from confinement and, and condemnation to the physical and spiritual captives and freedom to prisoners. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance and retribution of our God. To comfort all who mourn. To grant those who mourn in Zion the following. To give them a turban instead of, of dust. A turban instead of dust. The oil of joy instead of mourning. The garment of praise instead of a disheartened spirit. So that they will be called trees of righteousness. Strong and magnificent. Distinguished for integrity, justice and right standing with God. The planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. And then, they, you and I, when all of that internal work is well underway and the, 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 the kingdom is, is, is growing on the inside of us and we're beholding uh, our savior Christ and we're laying hold of him, and we're seeing him ever more clearly and we're walking that road of repentance and, and, and the kingdom is, is, is gaining ground on the inside of our hearts, then we will rebuild the ancient ruins and we will raise up and restore former desolations. And they, and then we will renew the ruined cities, the desolations, uh, the deserted settlements of many generations. You know, for those of us that live in, in uh, Nigeria, in Lagos, in Africa, I mean, that's a billion people right there. And there is a, a seeing and an encountering of God that they, that, that, they are to have in this day in order for them to, to know him, to, to, to encounter him. You know, Matthew 5, 13 to 16 in the message says, let me tell you why you are here. This is from that original sermon on the Mount but where Jesus is expanding on why he's calling them to repent or the, or the nature of the repentance that he's requiring and the... Um, the, the, the kingdom that they are to, to, to have access to and what it, what it should look like. So he says, let me tell you why you are here. You are here to be salt seasoning that brings out God flavors of this earth, brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste your godliness? How, how people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You are to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. 
I will make you light bearers and don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket. You don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, their generous father in heaven. You know, Proverbs 29 verse 2 in Amplified says, when the righteous are in authority and become great, people rejoice. But the wicked, when the wicked man rules, the people groan and sigh. So the question is, who will stand for this city? Who will stand for our nation? Who will stand for our continent? Who will stand for the one billion souls that live on this continent? Granted, some of them already know the law, but many, many, many do not. And the Lord is saying that they will not know him in the way that they can know him unless and until the kingdom reaches a certain level of expression and begins to express itself with a level of potency from the inside out of our own lives. And the way that that happens is that we repent from you know, our previous uh, responses, our previous beliefs, our previous baggage, our wounds, our grudges, um, our disappointments, our, our, our resentments, our, our, our being right, our, uh, our fears. You know, all of these things that are not found in Christ, that we've somehow become comfortable to have them residing in us. And then we just kind of season it with some religion and hope, you know, that is not the people that the Lord is describing when he says, you know, we're to bring out God flavors, we're to bring out the God colors. Now, we're not talking about everybody has to be perfect on, on immediately, of course not, because we are perfecting, we are, it's a journey, it's a process, but it's a process that we must sign up to. You know, if if the road of repentance is our Via Dolorosa, then we must be on it and moving forward. It must be an active uh, process that we engage with because we are gaining ever more clarity on who we have been called to be and, and what it means to be restored to our original, uh, to, 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 to our estate in him. You know, I, I ask myself the question, what does Nigeria look like before God? You know, what, what does it look like? You know, it's, it's funny, many countries in the world and many other continents, many other nations, there's, there's, there's a reference point that we have of their greatness or, you know, even if it's by, by man's standards, you know, the, 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 there are things that, there are times in their history where um, they came into their own and they seemed to express something. Yes, they, they had pluses and minuses, but there was something that even gave, gave an insight into the color and the flavor that that nation brings to the global tapestry. But the question is, what is it for Nigeria? What is it for Africa? You know, this is where, you know, the, the, the scripture tells us, and I can't remember where it is now, but that he's the one that chooses basically where we show up 
you know, he chose us to be Nigerians. And he chose us to be Nigerians at this time. So who is gonna who is going to um who's gonna stand for this nation? Who's gonna stand for this continent? Who is gonna press into him and say, Lord, there is an expression, there is a God color, there is a God flavor that you uh desire to express through this nation and through this continent and through um uh yeah, through through this this part of the world that, that contributes to the global tapestry that shows forth your glory, who is going to press into him for it? You know, I'm just going to finish by reading from Psalm 107. It's a little bit long, but um, I'm going to read it anyway. So 107, verse 32 to 43. Let's exalt him on high, and lift up our praises in public. Let all the people and the leaders of the nation know how great and wonderful is Yahweh, our God. Whenever he chooses, he can dry up a river and turn the land into a desert. Or he can make a fruitful land, he can take a fruitful land and make it into a salt water swamp, all because of the wickedness of those who dwell there. But he can also turn a barren wilderness into an oasis with water. And he can make springs flow into desert lands and, and turn them into fertile valleys so the cities spring up. And he gives it to all, and he gives it all to those who are hungry. They can plant their fields and vineyards there and reap a bumper crop and gather a fruitful harvest. God will bless them and cause them to multiply and prosper. But others will become poor, humbled because of their oppression, tyranny, and sorrows. God pours contempt upon their arrogant abuse of power, heaping scorn upon their princes, makes them wander among ruins. But he raises up the poor and the lowly with his favor, giving them a safe place to live where no one can touch them. God will grant them a large family and bless them. The lovers of God will rejoice when they see this. Good men are glad when the evil ones are silenced. If you are truly wise, you'll learn from what I've told you. It is time for you to consider these profound lessons of God's great love and mercy. So the Lord is saying to us that what it takes to rebuild the city, to restore ancient ruins, to, to, to steward this nation and these people that seemingly perpetually have no leadership and no stewardship, He's going to give that insight to those that are hungry for him, those that are pursuing him, those that are on their own Via Dolorosa, those that are on their own personal road of repentance, those that are being drawn by the joy that is set before them, that are being drawn by the, the desire to be, their hunger to be conformed to the image of Christ and to be restored to, 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 to that place where the, the kingdom and the life of the kingdom flows on the inside of us out, and it's demonstrated in the environment in which we live. That is the call uh, to the church at this time, I believe. You know, he's pushed us out of the, like the eaglet who's ready to fly. He's pushing us out of the, of the nest. This is like a little drill. It's a warning, but imagine if 99% of what we took to be the expression of our faith in God was no longer valid, just like it was for the, um, for the old order when Jesus came and said, repent, 
for the kingdom of heaven is now at hand. The, 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 their sacrifices weren't needed. Their rituals weren't needed. Are we going to cling to them because it makes us feel secure? Or are we going to embrace repentance and, and enter into greater and greater measure and expressions of the kingdom? Bring out the, 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 the God flavors and the God colors in the environment that he has planted us so that his name may be glorified, so that, so that they may see our good works, see our lives, partake of the rivers that are flowing from our bellies and glorify our Father in heaven. And so that this harvest can come in.